All right, welcome to the Humanized IT Podcast, Tales from Around the World, South Africa, Part 2. And we have Richard Bauer back here, and we had a, and Skip as well, and we had a great conversation last session, but it, it created quite the stir on Facebook as well as yep. uh, different yep. communication channels. And uh, even my, um, my marketing department was like, okay, do we need to like stop comments and stuff? I'm like, no, we need to have open discussion on this stuff. Let the people speak. And so Richard came back to me and said, hey, I'd love to talk more on that topic. And so, Richard, how are things going now? It's been, what, six weeks since we recorded the last session. So tell us about how things are going. Hey, Adam, how's it, Skip? Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Things have, have gotten worse in a lot of senses, both from a business and from a, a country point of view. People are, are really suffering. You know, I, I had a look at the comments that were flying backwards on, on Facebook, and it was really hard for me not to jump in and start to defend what was being said. But it was also good just to sit back and, and read the comments and understand it from other people's points of views. I do, however, think that some of the views were out of context. Um, I think that the, the conversation that we had around what was happening and, and at least my sphere in South Africa was really from an MSP point of view. Yeah. And I think that when you, when you threw the podcast out to the masses in South Africa, even, even my uncle took a screenshot of it and he came back and he said, Richard, is this you? And I said, yeah, how did you find that? And he goes, I don't know, it just popped up. And I mean, he's a banker from Zimbabwe. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that was interesting. But yeah, I, I think this is a, a, a platform for me. And I just want to shout out to my fellow South Africans and go, I hear you. Um, it's not all, all peaches and cream. It's not all rosy. At the time when we were discussing about the MSP and what it was doing in my world, it was a very positive place. As an account manager slash VCIO, with my clients have been engaging, just going, hey, how are you guys dealing? You know, what have you been up to since the lockdown has come into effect? And really just being in front of them and, and, and being a, somebody to talk to, a shoulder to lean on. I think that's the whole point of like the, the conversations is having these yeah. conversations and Absolutely. leaning on each other and finding ways to work together. It's like, I hear you. How do we get through this together? Oh, I didn't think about that perspective before. Let's let's dig into that. Let's figure out how we can how we can how we can do this together. And that and that's the whole idea of conversations rather than presentations. Mm-hmm. But instead of me speaking at you, let's talk together and let's find some solutions, or at least let me empathize with you and let's get through this. Yeah, a- absolutely. And and that is really what I sent my team out for. And I said, we're not here to make sales. We are not here to do anything other than just ear ear for our clients to to talk to and it was amazing at how many of the clients actually turned around and said Richard it's so good just to chat to somebody else other than the havoc that's going on in the office at the moment and yeah we got some work out of it you know in terms of going to the cloud moving file servers into SharePoint or, or decommissioning domain controllers to put them into into Azure AD but really it was just a open up of the dialogue just to be human. And it has gotten worse. We have lost some clients, not because of relationship, but because of financial woes. Uh, we've now gone, I, I forget the count, but I think we're in the fourth month of lockdown where businesses are closing left, right and center. People are, are losing jobs, losing income. And unfortunately, it's taken a toll on society. Mm-hmm. About a week ago, the government turned around and said, well, there's no more 
uh, sale of legal alcohol because it's having an impact on the health system because they've seen an increase in trauma cases in the ER rooms because of alcohol-related accidents. Wow. And just earlier today, maybe two hours ago, they've released a new statement going, until the lockdown is officially over, no tobacco or alcohol products will be sold in South Africa legally. And for wow. me, I go, you know, so what? I don't smoke. If I don't have an alcohol beverage, I'm, I'm quite okay. But where I do start to get upset about it and passionate about it is, what do all those people do for jobs? You know, mm-hmm. you've, you've got an entire industry built on alcohol and everybody now is out of a job. And because of that statement that was released earlier today, just in my surrounding five kilometer radius, we've had three bottle stores, so liquor stores that have been ransacked. Protesters outside, rioters. And the sad thing is, is that when I look at the videos, it's people from the ages of 12, 13, 14 years old, up to 60, 70, 80 years old that are all involved. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. To go back to some of the comments that were on the original post, yes, I hear it. I feel it. It's not all peaches and cream. We, we're, in a, we're in an interesting time in South African history, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, here in the United States, we have our own problems. But, you know, it's, it's interesting watching the context around the world of people complain here about some things. And not, not to victim blame or anything, but... Uh, you know, you got to put your problems in context. Like when you look at South Africa, like, hey, at least here you can still go to the grocery store. You can still go down mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of our bars in Nebraska, we have to-go beverages. Of all things, <laughs> yeah. who, who knew to-go beverages at a bar would be a thing? But here we are. Yeah. There's strict rules around it, but it's just this this way of of overcoming and finding ways to... Um, build industry so that we can survive because I'm watching fellow business owners go out of business. Almost, it's almost daily, even now, like as a lot of the federal support is ending and we're trying to find different ways to support businesses through this and finding different ways to be sustainable through this. But the effects yeah. of it and the emotional toll it's taking on people in different parts of the world, it's sad to watch. And, and I feel for people and I you know look for ways to help I look for ways to help my local businesses and uh, you know a lot of it yeah is, is what you're saying is just giving them an ear some 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 way to talk to us they feel heard yeah mm-hmm. hey, Richard let me let me so I'm you know uh, a nerd uh, you know or maybe a technology evangelist it might be a better term you know so uh, I remember and I'm old too. Okay, so I remember back in the '80s. <laughs> you don't look uh, old. You don't look old. I, I, you know, so here I'm about to set it up. You know, back, back in the '80s. Uh, when I was just entering the workforce, you know, computers were the big deal, you know, and that's what everyone said. Oh, you need to get into computers, you know. What did that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I ended up fixing, you know, I turned into a screwdriver, you know, to, to fix yeah. computers. But um, so since then, though, I've seen technology as, you know, a great tool to solve and overcome problems. And, you know, you guys being in a, the situation that, you know, the rest of the world is, but the way your government is handling, do you see uh, an, an embracing of technology? Is, is there really turning, you know, are people saying, hey, you know, I've seen some industries less impacted because they're technology focused as opposed to the industry I'm working in, you know, I, I can't work from home. You know, I'm going to shift my career. I'm going to shift, 
you know, my, my goals or, you know, my, my training to move towards this more technology focused initiative? Is, is there much of an uprising of that kind of view? In general, yes, there is. There definitely has been, especially, you know, if I look in my circle of friends and acquaintances, a lot of people have been able to continue to a point with technology. So whether that be video calls from home or, or remote desktop into the servers at work or whatever the case, yes, there has been. But that's it's, it's, it's a minority if you look at South Africa as a whole um, because we are still quite a – we're still trying to grow our economy. A lot of the job roles that we have are not automated. So a lot of the roles where I've gone to America and I've seen where I go, wow, this is a robot that's doing this job in South Africa. It's, it's not. It's, it's a human doing the job, not because we don't have the technology available or that we don't want to use the technology, but we then look at it from a point of view of what we're cutting out on an employment opportunity for a human. Um, ah, you know, and, okay. and I look at it, simple example, when you go and put in gas, we call it petrol. When we go and put in petrol at, at the, the, the petrol station here, by law, I am not allowed to pump my own petrol. I'm not allowed to put in my own petrol. I have that to that pay somebody else. That was a huge debate in the United States there for a while. Do you it, remember It that? was for a long time. Uh, yeah. And just recently, I think in one of the last few like years, last the years, state of Oregon. Yeah. Uh, dang, just, you're not going to take away that right for United States Americans to pet, pump their own <laughs> gas. And it was a huge, like, you know, this huge conversation we had. And it was hilarious to watch. It's like, man, I'd be okay with other people pumping my gas. I'm gonna go back there. There's one gas station in all of Lincoln that will pump your gas for you. And I guarantee like in every winter, my wife seeks out that gas station. <laughs> and she sits in her nice warm car while they fill her fuel. <laughs> well, you see, I I'm the complete opposite. I'm the type of person I want to pump my own gas. Not because I don't want to pay somebody else to do it, but I have the satisfaction of 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 doing it. And I'm quite pedantic about my motor vehicles. So I'm the type of guy that will make sure that I like shake the nozzle around to make sure that the last little drip oh, of petrol comes out the nozzle. <laughs> Be, not, not because I'm worried about the value for money, but I don't want it to drip on my paint job. Um, uh-huh. you know, and now I've got to get out some water and clean it and all of that. So, But from that point of view, I mean, even the guys that generally it's a very low income job in South Africa that does that. It's, it's an unskilled laborer that is that is pumping your gas. And when I went to go and put in, in, in petrol the other day, I said to the guy, you know, how's it going? How, how has this affected your life? And he said to me, he said, boss, and, and those were his words. He says, boss, I'm happy to come and weed your garden if you've got some garden for me to do because I'm not making it through the month. And the reason for that is, you know, I, I probed him a little bit more. And I said, but why? And he said, well, I used to work six days a week, but because of the social distancing and the the requirement to have different uh, shifts with periods between them because of COVID and you don't want to, you know, if the one guy's asymmetric or, or, or I can't even think of the word right now, um, he's not showing the symptoms, but he's carrying the virus. We don't want him to interact with anybody else from a different shift. So he's gone from six shifts a week down to only two. And he's not getting paid the same salary. So he's earning 20% of his salary that he used to. And, and, and that's difficult. So Skip, just going back to your, your question about technology, certainly in the more professional uh, roles that were typically uh, desk bound or office bound, yes, we've seen a lot, of, um, a lot of uptake and use of technology. We struggled for a long time to get headsets. We struggled for a long time to get laptops. Um, oh, yeah. All of that yeah. type of thing. One, because there was such a sudden 
influx of requests for that, that whatever was with the suppliers was sold out very quickly. And with the lockdown, we couldn't bring anything more in from China or from anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we've embraced technology, but it's on a very, very low level when you look at the average across South Africa. Sadly. You know, well, I, I, I guess, the, you know, I've got to this point where, where school is just opening again. Um, and, mm-hmm. there, and there's a huge controversy on whether or not to have school or not in, the, in a month. And all these people are panicking about how complicated this stuff is and how it's going to affect different subgroups and, and different cultures and different kids and different people. And uh, people are just panicking. And uh, I feel, I've, I've gotten to the habit of, uh, when I'm in a conversation, of just responding with uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Die Hard. And Bruce Willis, in the moment that he throws the body out the window and it hits the police car and he says, welcome to the party, pal. And it's like all these people having their normal lives and he's just going through hell. And all of a sudden it's like, welcome to the party. And I feel like telling that to some people is like they've had their cushy, you know, like four months or whatever, or it's not been too bad for them. But then there's this other group of people who are fighting hand, tooth and nail just to survive day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And uh, then somebody comes up and complains about something simple about not being able to get a beer. I'm like, oh, you're trying to get a beer? That's cool. I just want a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, 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 I just want a job where I can work hard and provide for my family. I mm. just want to have a business that isn't closing right now because of of governmental regulations. And you got a lot of anger out there, and some people are being exposed to that for the first time right now. And I'm hoping that yeah. with these podcasts and with these articles and stuff that we're publishing, that um, you know people can start seeing those other stories. That there are actual people being affected by this, and it's not this. Just see it on the news. It's not this academic thing that uh, we're discussing in hindsight. This is somebody right now who's a hard worker who wants to work and can't, mm. and it's not their fault. And that story needs to be told, but as well as people need to realize that. Like, Welcome to the party. <laughs> like this, yep. It is a crap fest out there, and we're all trying as hard as we can, and it's complicated. It's not yep. simple. It's not as simple as turning a light switch on. It's complicated, and we're all yep. trying to be inventive and trying to find ways through it. And people are doing amazing jobs of it. Some, I mean, you're, I'm seeing some of the stupid inventive things with the hospitality industry, with people trying to keep the businesses afloat, or yes. finding yep. new ways to earn cash, and... The, the necessity is a mother of invention is this this prevalent like war cry right I, now. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that you know the necessity is a mother of invention, I, and I guess you know being the technology invest and you know evangelist, I, I'm really hoping that out of this you know worldwide, but you know I think some areas uh, we're going to see a, a just a, I don't know a, just a, a you know a, a real difference in in the outcome. Obviously, but so Richard, like back to where you're at. I mean, you guys have such pressures, you know, social and economic pressures on you right now. I'm wondering, in a hopeful side, you know, trying to be optimistic here and mm-hmm. and hoping that that pressure creates these new industries and these new hubs of technology. And we really do. I mean, because if you think about it, uh, we talked just briefly about it. Your technology hub, you know, in South Africa, and I yes, really love to. 
I really love to see those just explode where we have these groups of people, you know, and, and they're really able to come together in these communities and find new ways to solve hospitality, you know, business issues or, you know, larger health issues or, you know, economic issues, just all of these things that I, I hope that out of this, we're going to see some positive elements. And, and anyway, I, I'm looking for the exciting stories to, to come out of this adversity that way. Yeah, Skip, I hear you and I agree. And and I also, I mean, I also consider myself to be a technology evangelist because I love it. And, and I've been told by previous bosses, you're a lazy boss. And I look at him and I go, why? And he goes, because you find the best way to automate it using technology. And then you sit back and watch the magic happen. And I go, great, you call it lazy, I call it smart. You know, there we go. There um, laziness is but, one of the three great virtues. It allows you to do things so well, you don't have to do them again. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be a while in South Africa, at least, before we start to see technology um, embracing to to solve our issues. And one, I think it's just because people are running around trying to keep a roof above their head right now. Mm-hmm. And two, because we've been in such stiff lockdown regulations. Um, so two weeks ago, when when the president announced that they were putting a temporary ban on, on alcohol, with that came a curfew. So you're not allowed to leave your house before five o'clock in the morning. You have to be back at nine o'clock in the evening. And wow. that's that's having a big impact on restaurants because the restaurant now has to close up by seven o'clock in the evening to make sure that they can get their staff home before uh, the nine o'clock curfew. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and it, it has a massive knock-on effect. Um, so right now what I'm seeing is that because we've been locked down for so long, without being able to have the social engagements that we would normally have, people are starting to push the boundaries of what the law permits or doesn't permit you to do. And we're almost forgetting about technology. As great as it is that I'm sitting in South Africa and you guys are sitting across in the US, that this technology is great. I am now advocating this conversation would go down far better in person around a table while we could actually feel the presence of, of each other. So as great as it's mm-hmm. been to engage with all of my clients on a virtual basis, I'm saying to them, I can't wait to come into your office and have a cup of coffee with you where I don't have to look at the computer screen because yeah. technology is great, but we're losing out so much. And, and, and Adam, I think, touched on it earlier in terms of the, the social impact that this whole lockdown and, and, and virus is having, where the depression side of it, that lack of engagement, anxiety, all of that is without a doubt on a rise in South Africa. And I look at the statistics that are being released around the deaths around COVID-19. And I look at them and I go, I don't believe it. I just don't believe them. But on the other hand, I go, I 100% believe them because I had a friend who was fit, healthy, young, and he passed away from a heart attack. I got a phone call one day and I go, Heinrich's gone. And I go, what do you, what do you mean he's gone? He had a heart attack on the side of the road. He was out riding his bike. Death certificate, oh, wow. COVID-19. He, know, he showed no symptoms, but the stress of not having an income, sitting at home, not, don't know what's going to happen with his job. I, actually, you know, I contribute that and I go, the lockdown regulations, the virus had its impact. Maybe not directly, but certainly indirectly. Now, I don't want to bring the whole topic of the podcast down into to a somber <laughs> state because we were able to celebrate his life. And we use technology to, to keep his name you know, high amongst us, and we were able to communicate um, wherever we were across the country. 
but it's it, it's having a massive knock-on effect. So, yes, let's let's get the technology and let's start building out solutions with technology. But I think we just have to get through these steps first. The the big lesson we got from the Tales from Around the World series and as a whole is that um, there there was a prevailing thought that people are actually growing closer now. Like this, the, the stress is actually causing people to reach out and reach out to family members. Are you okay? How are you doing with all this? And we're seeing people being more deliberate about relationships and their neighbors and what's going on. And I think it's a great thing. <clears throat> but, Absolutely. you know, it, it takes it takes stress to get us there. It is a little frustrating. But <laughs> yeah. knowing that, that uh, people are caring for each other. People are being less selfish, in my opinion. And, and what I've seen mm. in talking to all you guys around the world in Australia and Sweden and Canada. And uh, we, we see that message that people are caring for each other and that we are trying to get through this together. That is, it is getting and teaching us about our own humanity. And that when, when crap is the fan, when we take away all of the niceties and we take away all of the, the plush feelings of life, that we will actually look out for each other and that we will actually reach out and say, hey, how are you doing today? Whether it be a stranger at a gas station um, or, you know, somebody I you know, I was talking to a vendor on the phone the other day and said, hey, is there any way I can make your day better? And she just paused I'm like no one ever asked me that before. Yeah. And yeah. I just find myself being more deliberate about making sure that somebody's having a good day. Cause I don't know what kind of crap they're going through, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm going to try my best to not put onto that pile. I, I want to take things off of that pile. I want to make things better for people. You know, whether I'm talking to a client, a stranger, or uh, a family or friend, you know, I want to take off their pile, not put more onto it. So, yeah. you know, one of the things you had mentioned earlier, Richard, was talking about how resilient South Africans are. And I wanted to cycle back to that and, and get your thoughts on, like, you know, the resiliency of South Africa, what's unique about your culture, and, um, like, your thoughts on that. Yeah, we, we definitely are resilient. Um, if if I look back, at, I mean, I'm not that old. I'm only 30-something years old. But if I have a look at our history in terms of, of some of the financial recessions that the bigger first world countries have faced, South Africa hasn't felt it the same. Um, we still have what we call a chop and dop. Um, and that's an Afrikaans term for bring your your meat chops and your dop is your alcohol or your, your, your drink of preference. And even during these hard recession times, we still have a chop and dop. And it's a, it's a social aspect of us. So there always seems to be that little back pocket money sack that's, you know, that reserve fund for, for the chop and dop. But without a doubt, we, we're resilient. Um, I see people still, as tough as it, as it is, we're still helping each other out. Just on, on my street alone, uh, we started a little WhatsApp group where, Everybody that started up all these little home businesses are now advertising on there. So instead of us going down to the grocery store to go and get X, Y, or Z, we're now helping each other out. One, it, it, it's a lot cheaper because the overheads of, of the individuals aren't there. But two, your your produce or the or the, the 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 items that you're buying tend to be of a better quality because in this economic age, we can't afford to to put a foot aside and sell a crap product because I'm going to send it right back. And I'm going to tell everybody else in my street, don't buy from Richard because he's selling crap. <laughs> so we we really are resilient. And as tough as it's been in the conversation that we've had, it's tough, yes. 
I do think we're going to get through this. I know we're going to get through this. Every South African is going to get through it in some way or another within the controls that, that we all have. Um, we heroes each in, a, in our own way. And I love South Africa. Um, it's, it's the only place I know. But what is nice to hear is that we can sit and have a conversation and some of the challenges that we face in South Africa, you guys are feeling it in America too. And we kind of look up to America sometimes and go, wow, you guys are the big greats. And I look back at South Africans and go, we are not the big greats on the map like the America or, or the UK, but we are still doing a damn good job in terms of the technology hubs and some of the stuff that's coming out. I've got mates now who are watching the launching of the rockets with all the Tesla and everybody in the race, you know, to, to get to SpaceX and all that. And he's now taken upon himself to try to inspire the youth in South Africa to come up with their own way that, of building these little rockets, you know, and, and he, that's he, set one off in his, he set one off in his fireplace the other day and was literally some cotton roll that he shoved sugar and some potassium, something or other in there <laughs> and he lit it and it made a huge big smoke fire and whatever else. And he's going, cool, I've set the stage. Who now can take it to the next step? You know, sort of like a, a virtual collaboration type of thing. So are we winning? In some ways, absolutely we are. In some ways, we still have a long way to go, but we've got South African blood running through us. We will we will get through this some way or another. Yeah, and that, that's, that's awesome. really cool. And I, I really that thank is. you for your, your, your thoughts there, Richard. And um you know just i am excited to watch how things roll out how things play out and it's it's apprehension more than just excitement it's not like watching a football game it's more of like no this is real life yeah yeah welcome to the party pal how are we gonna get through this how are we gonna do it together and as long as we keep working together it's gonna be okay as long as Mm -hmm. we don't attack each other as long as we don't Mm -hmm. um go at each other's throats if we work together wherever we are in the world, then we're going to be okay. We always have been throughout human history. When we work together, we're at our best. It's when we start infighting, when we start like blaming and pointing fingers that we get distracted on how to serve each other and how to move forward as a society. Yeah, I thank you for coming on today, Richard. And I thank Skip as always for coming on. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Ciao.